Hello, Sangha News listeners. My name is Baba Golia, and I serve as IMS's Executive Director. I'm sitting here with one of our founding teachers, Joseph Goldstein, and I'm going to ask him some questions about IMS in honor of our 33rd anniversary, which we will be celebrating this week. Welcome, Joseph, and thank you for doing this. Uh, so I'm going to begin by having us look back. 33 years ago, on February 14th, 1976, you, Sharon Salzberg, and Jack Cornfield, together with a band of helpers, first moved into what is now IMS. What led you to start a retreat center? We had been teaching around the country for about a year before that, a year and a half before that, going from place to place. People had set up retreats in a very grassroots way. And after about a year or so, we had the idea, wouldn't it be great to have a center where people could come to practice, where we could really establish the vibe, where we could establish an environment that was most conducive to intensive practice. And so that's really what motivated us to look for a place. At that time, we had a close group of friends in Massachusetts who were living in Massachusetts. And so they took on the mission of trying to find a facility, and that's how we ended up uh, in Barry. And were other locations um, considered besides the one we're at right now? Mostly they were looking right in this area. A few did go down to the area in New York State, the Catskill Mountains, where I happened to grow up, and it was a resort area. There were a lot of old hotels there that were for sale, but as they went there and as I went back there, I realized I would just as soon leave that area and come to what was really a beautiful New England countryside. And when we found this place in Barry, it seemed perfect. And it was confirmed when we saw the Barry town motto on the town square, uh, the motto being tranquil and alert. And so that felt like it was the perfect place for a meditation center. And it certainly has been all of these years. It has. Um, so over all of this time, over these 33 years, are there particular highlights that you recall? There have been so many highlights over the years. Certainly the first three-month course that we did here at IMS um, established this long-standing tradition of an annual three-month retreat, which is pretty rare in this country people having the opportunity to sit uh, that intensively for so long. So establishing that was a real highlight. All the areas of outreach and diversity that we've developed over the years stand out a lot. For me personally, one of the highlights in recent years has been teaching the People of Color Retreat, which has just been a fantastic opening to a whole community of people that... We're very happy to welcome to the practice here in Barry the young people developing the teen retreat and the family retreat. So all of these all of these areas of diversity and outreach are very heartwarming. Another big highlight, of course, was the envisioning and the development of the forest refuge. When I was in India, I practiced for many years with Munindraji, my first teacher, and there was no retreat and there was no schedule. It was really a personal retreat with teacher guidance. 
and I love practicing in that way. And that, in some way, was the vision for the establishment of the Forest Refuge, to give people who are somewhat experienced in practice a very conducive environment for deepening their understanding. So the envisioning and the bringing to fruition of the Forest Refuge was really a great, a great fulfillment. Mm-hmm. What, what about uh, distinguished visitors and teachers who have come here? Yeah, it's quite amazing when we look back over all these years. In the early years, uh, His Holiness the Dalai Lama and His Holiness the 16th Karmapa uh, came to visit, you know, which was a tremendous honor. We've had many of the great Asian Theravada masters come to teach here, to teach retreats here. Mahasi Sayadaw and Tanpulu Sayadaw, uh, Ajahn Chah from Thailand, Saida Upandita, Paok Sayadaw, all of these really great masters. And one of the visions of the Forest Refuge in these more recent years was to create a venue that was most suitable you know, for these for these Asian teachers to come and for people to be able to get the benefit of their teachings without having to go to Asia. So it's been, it's really been a great blessing. It has. I mean, the continuity of that lineage right through to the present day in our Western Meditation Center uh, has been a very powerful force for all of us. What do you think IMS has been able to offer the world over these years? I see IMS as this great refuge. You know, the world, as we all know, is often so troubled and so much conflict. And to have a place where people can come to purify their hearts and to purify their minds of the forces that create all that suffering, you know, to purify the heart of greed and of hatred and of delusion, seems like such an incredible offering to the world, and that it's done without respect to a particular religion. People come from all kinds of religious backgrounds, you know, and can be done without regard to financial abilities. Uh, It's just really making it accessible for a wide range of people to come and do the most basic work of purifying the heart. And it's rare. It's rare to have places like that in the world. So I think we really are, are offering this refuge of sanity. From the beginning, you and other Western teachers made a conscious decision to offer the Buddha's teachings on the basis of generosity. And to this day, many of our courses still operate on the basis that there is no fee for the teachings, just for accommodations and meals. In return, of course, our retreatants um, can offer a donation at the end of their stay. Why did you do this? And how has it worked out? I think when we established IMS, we really wanted to carry over this tradition of what in the Pali language is called dana, you know, that principle of generosity that the teachings are often offered freely. And we wanted to do it for a variety of reasons. Perhaps the most basic one, and the one that's understood so well in Asia, is that these teachings of liberation are priceless, that you you can't put a price on them. And 
really the most suitable way of offering them is to offer them freely. At the same time, there's the recognition, certainly in Asia, and we see it here as well, is that there's a mutual dependence. In order for this to happen, the teachers and the institutions need to be supported in some way. And so that is the principle of generosity and the teachings of generosity that needs to be understood and developed. And so the students support the teachers and the institutions through donations at the end. In return, the institutions and the teachers support the deepening of Dharma in the students who come. And so there's this reciprocity uh, that has been very much a part of the tradition in Asia, you know, of how the monks and the village people each would support each other in their own way. I think it's worked out pretty well. Um, IMS has flourished because of the generosity of so many of the people who've come here, and not only people who've come on retreat. There are people who don't come on retreat, but so value what we're doing that they've made major contributions to the facilities, to the scholarship funds, to ways that support our ability to help people be here and practice. So it seems like it's just an integral part of this development of the Dharma in the West. Uh, and it's a beautiful, the whole cultivation of generosity from all sides is a thing of beauty. And finally, I'd like to get you to turn a little bit to the future and ask about what further developments you would like to see unfold at IMS? Mostly I'd like to see us continue what we're doing and being able to continue what we're doing, uh, particularly in terms of making it as financially accessible as possible to whoever wants to come so that finances shouldn't be a barrier. And of course this requires the generosity of people to support that vision, to to help, you know, in fulfilling that, and to be a good steward of the facilities. You know, the buildings are aging, they need repair, they need renovation. We would like to, at some point, be able to offer all single rooms for people to come, for people when they come to practice. So the good steward stewardship of the facilities likewise seems an important responsibility for us as we look forward. Well, thank you very much, Joseph. We appreciate your taking the time with us. You're welcome. It's always great to talk about IMS. <laughs>